teaching emus to fly since 2005. You're listening to the MEP Report. Let my home back in Omaha. See if I can make it out in the world. And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore. Lost all my friends in Los Angeles. And I'm not welcome in New York. But I must stop back in Omaha. Well, if you feel old, everyone feels old, then welcome to Report number 60, December 13th. 2006. Welcome to number We're 60. Not for social security yet. Welcome Long to the report number six. Oh, my God. My day of my report wasn't about emos. It was about many things and people's exactly. lives. So if our week is an hour, then each episode up till now is a minute of that hour. And that's how you, you have to play it. Oh, we haven't fold up a whole week yet. Yeah, exactly. You can't so. just Bum a week, not sleep, <laughs> tape your eyes open, and listen to the map report. Not yet. Yes, no, not, but that's soon. not quite the rest. We're working <laughs> soon. on We'll set up marathon back. parties. It'll be fun. <laughs> it's true. We want to say hello to everybody out there for listening and uh, see what's going on and greet everybody and say hi and thank you. And uh, I, I wanted to ask something very quickly just because I didn't know if you guys had noticed this. Um, and it has to okay. do it has to do with something that just happened in the news. It's not one of my odd news bits. You guys heard about that guy okay. who got killed, the guy who was um, a former CNET editor? In Oregon. Yeah, in Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And the guy, was a really sad story. He's, his wife and he got stranded with his family, those of you who haven't heard this, and then he ended up setting right. out from his car to try to find shelter, and he basically walked a ton of di- distance, and then he ended up, he couldn't make it, and he ended up dying of hypothermia. It was a very sad story. But here's the thing that really right. got me irritated over the last couple of days, and I just wanted to ask why you guys think that the media generally does stuff like this. So they originally thought that he had walked 10 miles from the car. And they were like, oh, 10 right. miles, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they said that the car itself was only like a mile from a hunting lodge or something that was for a fishing lodge, which had like lots of food. So they could have, you know, broken in and then they could have survived. Okay. That was the original comment that was made. Now, they right. said a couple days later, the big story hit. That he had apparently not walked, ten, first of all, that the fishing lodge was like seven miles away, not a mile away. And that he had walked 16 miles, not 10 miles. And the reason they said 16 okay. miles was the family and members of the family said they needed to make sure that the real story got out. So here's what irritates me. So am I to believe then <laughs> that if he had only walked 10 miles, we'd be like, you know what? This guy didn't have the stones to get it done. But if he walks 16 miles, okay, now it's officially a tragedy. Okay, wow, 16 whole miles. Like, the guy died regardless. Like, I mean, can we please give it a break? Like, 10 miles, 16 miles, 3 miles, and he stubbed his toe and hit a rock. Like, why do we do stuff like that? Like, why, why do we start putting qualifiers on it, you know? That? Uh, <laughs> Does that make, like, a round number of kilometers? That's a lot of kilometers, you know? But, I mean, it's like, he, uh, the guy tried to save his kilometers. family. He didn't make it. Who cares if he walked five? But, well, if you walk 16 miles, now you can feel sad. And there are people who were just like, wow, 16 miles. Okay, I see now. And it was like a big news story that he had walked six more miles than originally expected. Is that, like, six more miles towards I can feel bad for him? I, I, I could not believe that we would make a big deal about 16 versus 10 miles. 
It just, I think it, the whole thing is when someone close to you dies, people get extremely hypersensitive about any information relating to that person. And so, well, no, I'm not mad at the family, really. No, no, I'm not mad at them. Also, did that at the same right. time. Right. So both both sides did it. So they both had to issue. The media had to issue retarded corrections that nobody cared about because they felt like somehow they were dishonoring some guy who walked six more miles than they thought he did. It's just all a bunch of. I mean, it's understandable, but I think I basically group it into the realm of politically correct nonsense. Well, to me, it's not the family that, that the I... media does because yeah. they feel some duty to be politically correct, which is... That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, no, I mean, and I don't blame the media for doing... I mean, sorry, I don't blame the family for doing that. Like, I understand what the... Fa but I blame, like, I, I just... To me, it's like, why would anybody... Like, as if we're starting to put value judgments on, well, you know, six more miles means six more worthy miles of our belief that he's a good guy. Like, from all accounts, he was a good guy regardless. Like, who cares how far he walked? Like, what if he was a really competent walker well, that means the that you know question yeah well it begs the larger question like if he had you know had both legs cut off below the knees and he had only you know wandered out for two and a half feet and then stumbled over and died like would we not feel bad for him exactly he was in that situation exactly he was still trying right exactly like, he was doing the best that he could so you know but i mean i think the media just likes to personalize and canonize these things you know and i mean if you really think about it honestly this story is not news. It is no. like every missing person story that you have ever heard in your entire life. It is randomly plucked one out of a thousand of the exact same thing that happens all the time that happens to have the right connections or the right legs or the cute enough family or the relevant enough family or, you know, a congressperson involved right, to right. make the news. And I guess it's it. because that, he's a public figure. This type of stuff but, yeah. happens bazillions of times more than anybody ever hears about. No, it's, and it's true. it's just an issue of, like, if if it has legs, if people get involved. And it's in the absolute best interest of whoever's family, you know, whoever the family left behind is, to do everything in their power, no matter what, to get the story in the media, especially while the person is still missing. Oh, right, of because course. Because that way you get the 7 million person search instead of the right, one guy exactly. and a dog search but see, that's that the most thing, people get. No, but see, that's the thing I was going to say, though, is that I think you're absolutely right about that. And, like, but the thing that got me about it was it wasn't, to me, the reaction of, you know, 16 versus 10 it was like they were disqualifying right. 10 like it was the 10 part like like the you know the fact is like well guess what? or the or the fishing lodge thing i mentioned where it's like because they they were saying they didn't say it but it was understated they're like he was only a mile from a fishing lodge and they were like oh that's ironic and then there was this right. pause and they're like and with his super sensitive uh -huh. nose he should have sniffed out the fishing lodge in the winter from a mile away like even if it was a mile well, away the, what is the point the of that crap you know nobody wants any hint of some ironic death for this person and their family where oh look if only he no no Russ left, why did they make a point fine. of it in the right. first place they made a point of it in the first place is what i'm saying the family the, or the media no no but the media made the a point in the first place that. of the mission of fishing lodge and they made a point of oh yeah, he walked the wrong direction ironically and, tragic death yeah because the story right. of a guy wandered around didn't find anything and died of hypothermia is very not exciting at all right exactly they need to spice <laughs> right. it up somehow yeah they need something they need a hook they're like oh look and, and what product could they possibly up, sell yeah, if he had if he had just died, if he had been destined to die no matter what, that no matter what superhuman effort he could have made as a human being, he could not have saved himself and his family, period, then there's no product to sell. If he could have rooted out a hunting lodge, you know, not then far away, then buy Garmin the GPS and you too won't sell, die like this man sell, a mile yeah, from exactly. a fishing lodge. Oh my god. Right. I guess we'll you're right. I mean, four million yeah. copies. Yeah, I guess so. I mean well, the media's gotta the think about the bottom wanted. line. 
They wanted the survival yeah. story of, and then I found a hunting lodge, and then I wrestled a bear and ate, you know, fed off of its <laughs> liver for a week, and then right. I built right. an igloo yep. and met a wife of the snow people, and we lived there for several years, <laughs> only to be discovered right. in a, a thawed meadow by future aliens. You know, that's what they want, and <laughs> they got a guy wandering around and I dying. think that's what Russ wants, yeah. actually. Yeah. Donald <laughs> Brand Bear Livers. Yeah. <laughs> By McBear. And you too shall live with Igloo Queens. Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. Oh man. It's totally absurd. I just I just was amazed so. by that and I just was sort of like, wow, how how about how about that? Because and they did, you know, the fact that it was showing up as a headline, Lost Man walked sixteen miles, not ten. You know, it's like that's the big oh well, let me go check that out immediately because now I feel yeah. terrible. Before ten how miles. Many reporters was resigned over that mistake. They're like, exactly. Oh, we're terribly sorry. <laughs> Exactly. Just completely irresponsible journalism. Oh, and my God. Uh, now back to our coverage of the war in Iraq. Yeah. Oh, crap. It's true. The other thing was that they said that they're actually, the reason they turned <laughs> down that road was that he had, uh, there was a road that was supposed to be roped off and somebody had cut the chain. And so they're like, now we're going to go find those people and cut the chain. I'm like, okay, go ahead and do that. Meanwhile, you might want to ask yourself why one wrong turn from someone who lives in the Pacific Northwest results in complete abandonment and destruction. Like, should that road not have more than like a single chain saying, please don't go here? Shouldn't it have like walls and this is the worst road? road to go down ever and what are you doing bear livers and igloo queens be here here there be dragons like i mean isn't that the kind of stuff that we should have on a road that's this bad like i mean <laughs> well it's only that bad yeah, in a snowstorm news, which was crime a news. little <laughs> honestly yeah <laughs> but it was honestly like oh my God. the snowstorm was was not you know, it was atypical. It was a larger snowstorm than anticipated. So, yeah. I mean, any place, you know, I guess so. Avenue I guess so. can become a wasteland where you freeze to death and die in the cold. Well, there will be people who will find you, though. You know. They won't care no, on Fifth no. Avenue, but they'll find you. They oh, look at that man freezing to death. Yeah. Well, oh, look. They're freezing. Oh, look. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, maybe yeah, so. Maybe the, so. A larger point to be made is that people really don't care. I think, I, I think they're, okay. There's probably a good section of the populace, and I don't even think it's broken down into the 85-15. It might even be larger than 15. Uh, let's say 30 okay. to 35% of people who will care if there's someone in their vicinity that they can help who's, like, lost. Right. Especially if it's right. one of these hook stories, like a little white cute girl or something like that. That's even more. Right. That's an automatically higher percentage. But I think Absolutely. the large majority of people just really don't care unless they have a reporter with a camera light shining in their uh, face, and I don't all actually of a agree with that. They're culpable for something that's not being done. Then they'll really, you know, put in the effort. But I I actually, on their own, often they won't. I don't agree with that. I actually think that I think that um, I think it was De Tocqueville who actually got it best, which is he said Americans are by far the most contradictory people on earth because Americans will literally go, you know, they'll literally go help some guy who's like gets like I've seen this happen a million times in New York where you see someone get, you know, fall in the street or something and you see people literally running to that person's aid. Even if it's like a homeless person, they'll run over, help the person up from the street, and then they will proceed to go to the ballot box and vote against any public assistance for that class of people from now until time immemorial. Like, it makes no sense. I think that people, the, I think the problem is people care individually and don't care globally. I think it's much more that way. I think that's if you somehow... New York, though. Well, so, no, but not just New York. Sample. I, I think I've seen that. No, I think a lot of different people, I think the vast majority of people care on an individual basis. Out here, buddy. And they don't care Nobody's on a specific basis. Out here it's because you don't have people out they there. You people. have 
plastic robots. That's what you have pods. out there. That's yeah, pods. exactly. They're pods. It's true. You know. I hate this place. It's fine. I'm right. not defending it. <laughs> Everybody who lives here, that is not me, is made of feces. And your friend Piam <laughs> and the podcasters and other people. Well, Piam is right. not made of feces, right? The podcasters also. People that I, my friends aren't made of feces, but everyone else. <laughs> of course I'm beginning not. to see a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one of our listeners, you're and a friend of Russ and thus not made of feces. Congratulations. That there are people who don't care. I guess. Because they go around thinking the everyone funny they thing don't is, know is that I go out of my way to help the feces people. Feces. I do for the feces people, baby. Oh, Jesus. I'm curious. I let people merge. I help old ladies uh, getting out of cars who were made of feces. It's really disgusting. <laughs> but you then wash your hands thoroughly and go I to help another one. Lot. And you're like, well, yeah, that was a crappy here to be OCD to yeah, people that, who don't know me. That was a crappy experience. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, um, indeed. So, story. Do you agree with this? Uh, like, don't you agree that most people care individually, and the problem is they can't wrap their brains around. If you help someone at an individual level, I mean, you ought to also help them institutionally. Like, don't you think that that's yeah, the problem? I mean, it's I disconnect? definitely think there's an issue. I just love that your guys' example of where people care is New York because I've I thought never you'd seen like that. Yes, care less I thought you'd like that. Well, New York, you don't live here, dude. <laughs> that's actually Boston is competitive. Boston is competitive. People also do not care for anything. But um, so that's just ludicrous on face. But other than that, uh, I think that generally, people, remember if you've never you know, lived in a city, it, it, you too can declare things about its people. <laughs> you've been, and dude, I've spent. It's true. My feces remark more is so time in New more York credible than, you. than your pod people in New York remark. No, you haven't <laughs> spent more time in New York than I have. Any more than I've spent more time in, in the Bay Area. Have. I didn't say that. I said than you have around here. Than you have. Well, right, you know, but I, I wouldn't mean, like in Seattle. Me, you're probably competitive, but but you wouldn't hear me saying things about like the problem with the people in the Bay Area is they're a bunch of clown granola hippies and they they you know eat trees. Like I wouldn't say stuff like that. I don't know. I mean. I assume that they're, you know, you nicer people. You about Seattle fans when you've been to one game. No, because I've been to I a bunch know. of Seattle football anyway. games, too. And also I hear from, you yeah, know, right. contacts. You've been to four games. Come on. Bring it. Anyway. Contacts. <laughs> That's all right. Go on. Go on. The point is that I think people in general, regardless of whether they live somewhere good or not, um, you know, it's easier for them if it's personal for them. You know, and that's why things like this have legs to become news stories at all. You know, why some random person, because they personalize the story. And more humanizing and personalizing details make it more accessible to people. And obviously, someone that people can see in front of them is more accessible in some ways. But, I mean, I think there's also a huge fear factor. You know, I think that people, a lot of the times in those situations, especially on roadsides in the middle of the night, you know, are just automatically fearful of whatever they're going to run across. So... It's sort of that internal struggle. And, I, you know, whether people feel obligated, whether people feel – I do think Russ's point is right that, you know, whether they think somebody's watching has a big deal to do with it or not. If there's any accountability to other human beings, they'll definitely feel driven to do things they wouldn't otherwise do. And maybe that's why, you know, it seems like people help people in New York sometimes because there's always an, a third person around. There's always the subject, the person who could be doing something about it, and 18 spectators. So, right, right. you know, that might pressurize people into bitterly, hatingly going and doing something nice. <laughs> oh, uh, who knows? It Fine. could be. Take you out of the ditch. <laughs> 
adrenaline shot. Fine. Fine. Just like that. Three, I'll run four. up into the buildings while they fall. Fine. Fine. As long as you fine. Well, you know that's what, following Greg, job orders. That's a little different. You mean the civilians Very, yeah. that did that? given job orders. You mean the too. hundreds of civilians that did that? Or you mean the, the those people? The ones who had no orders? What civilians did that? What are you oh, talking story. about? It's time to go. go. volunteer firemen. I'm not just talking they about them. Civilians. I'm talking about the people who oh. were saving people the like around the, the building. The striped shirts. Yeah. What? People who. <laughs> the referees. Did you yeah. see the refs throw flags? Yeah. The, <laughs> they zebras, were the building. They were in there. How <laughs> many referees died during 9/11? <laughs> That's why there are no good umpires anywhere anymore. The NFL is like the car sale. Penalty. Personal the foul on Mohammed Atta. 15 <laughs> yards. Will enforce for the spot of the foul. Was the only one that didn't. He's like the only oh resident. That's why they canceled all the sports events for a week afterwards. Right, because of the rest. Come on. Except for after the whole union went down, man. Except for after the had to get like a three-week, three-week training course. I know, seriously. But I mean, no. I mean, there were a lot of examples of you know, even for those who weren't like in the buildings, there are a lot of examples of people helping each other around that time. I see. My theory actually is, I think you can even sort of work it into something selfish if that makes you feel better about it, story. Because I think that there's a biological sort of almost you'd say a speed survival instinct where when people are subject to you know world you know sort of widespread trauma that they will inevitably act to save other members of their own species when you know in conditions where you know their own lives are not necessarily directly at risk like if they see you know they t oh, if, yeah. if to help somebody I mean, they know trivial. that they're sure. putting you know if they if to help somebody they know that they're gonna be putting their lives at risk then I agree there's a lower pot percentage of people that do it although it's still a significant number I think but right. still a lower percentage but if if you're talking about like, you know, they go help somebody even though there's no direct like specific benefit to them individually, I think especially in cases of disaster, that happens all the time and it happens in enormous numbers. And so I think that that's got something to do with a theory about sort of species-wide preservation. Same thing happened oh, in the yeah. tsunami disaster. I mean, that's a, big, and so. a big hook for people. It's a very big hook for people. But uh, And it gets people interested and gets people, you know, involved if, if there's something traumatic. That's well documented, that people feel there's survival instinct is, you know, kicks in when it's fight or flight and, you know, and people want to help other people in that situation because yeah. you don't think about it. You just sort of do it. So, but that's got nothing to do with New Yorkers at base. I mean, if your example of New Yorkers being good to people is 9-11, then I will grant that example no. all day long. No, I mean, there's examples. There's still human no, I mean, beings. There's, there's, it's a no. traumatic situation. There's lots of examples. I just don't want to no. get into an argument about it because you're, right. you're wrong. So there's lots of examples, but I don't want to get into an argument about it. So <laughs> Let me take a larger point before we get into the West Coast, East Coast nonsense again. Right. Uh, um, please do. I don't necessarily agree that most people are going to be helpful. I don't think it's in their nature. I do think that you're right in as far as that any problems that we ever solve, um, we do them when we're in times of crisis. That it is, especially in our culture, it's almost impossible for people to think to two days ahead and to solve something, especially if you're doing it, mm -hmm. you know, in a government setting right, right. or in any larger setting, it's almost impossible to solve a problem unless the world is ending, which is, uh, you know, I actually was listening to an NPR report about the uh, peak oil crisis and how that could affect um, civilization in the future and the way that we build things. And basically even the author said that, you know, there are a lot of good alternatives that we can begin to develop. And there's a good chance that we have enough ingenuity to really change the fundamental way that we live if we have to. But the problem is, is that we may not be prepared to make that transition because we won't do anything to change the way we live until it's probably a little bit too late to start thinking about it.
when energy I think becomes that's way very too expensive. Mm-hmm. No, I think there's something that to sounds, that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, makes a lot sense of sense to me. To me. I think that's so, true. And I mean, I think, you know, just like what's going on in Iraq right now is the same thing. It's like, the you know, the people in this country sort of had an idea that things weren't going well, but it wasn't until the violence really ramped up and it became a full-blown disaster that anyone wants to actively do anything about it, regardless of how bad it's been for how long. Right. And I also think... really respond to crises. And I also think, and this is something which I'm sure Story will agree with me, and Russ will agree with me a thousand percent, um, I think that the difference between something like Iraq and something like Darfur, where that crisis point was reached, you know, uh, many, 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 many months ago, and perhaps years, um, that crisis is still not reaching home, because I think the other thing that's impacted Americans here is the fact that all of these communities now have begun to see these body bags of their people arriving back in greater numbers, and I think those things combined together, it's put it in sort of into a localized crisis for them. So now they're like, wait a minute, no, well, no, no, exactly stop. We like, not to about. say that Iraq doesn't it's enter into their calculus at all. I think it we does, but, the, you know. The media right. has a hook to the Iraq story and not really so much to the Darfur story. Yeah. It's just sort of a faraway thing that most of us don't understand, and that's why people care exactly. more about violence in Iraq. It's exactly the same phenomenon. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. But, and, I mean... You know, and it's kind of sad, actually, because it's a very different thing. If we were in there creating the atrocities in Darfur, then you'd have a parallel situation to talk about. That's but a great idea, creating Story. creating the violence and the problems in Iraq. But that explains it. <laughs> if All we have creating, to do is create more atrocities in Darfur, and then we'll fix it. Right. Yeah. All and we have to do we is go invade Darfur. Yeah. There you go. What a great idea. <laughs> because America's really great at, at screwing <laughs> oh. up and then saying sorry <laughs> and true. trying to correct it. So why there don't we just go screw up movie. at Darfur? That's a perfect idea. It was in the <laughs> 50s. It was like maybe the 50s predecessor to Wag the Dog, but it had a slightly different twist on it, which was there was this tiny country that was going this bankrupt. This is called The Mouse That's The Mouse Lord. That Roared. Yep. It's yes. called The Mouse That Roared. Yep. And it's so, one of my favorite books. It's a great the movie. Book is like great the, movie, the too. The book is ten times better than the movie. The book is okay, amazing. Okay, so for the purpose of the audience. The book is so good. The country no, no, no. Leave that knew behind. that any war the U.S. had ever Look gotten into, we paid massive Leonard reparations Ripley. to the country that we destroyed. So they decided to lose a war to us so that they could receive the funding that they needed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so they go out and, you know, send a ship of their guys with their spears to uh, attack the United States government, and they end up winning. But they there you go. Sort of besides the point. Problem. Yeah, uh, right. well, they do end see. up winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this is what I was thinking of. Uh, that's unfortunate. This is what yeah. no, needs to do. They need to get us to oppress them a little bit somehow. Yep. That's there it. You go. That's All we have to do is they oppress, to, and then we can no, correct. If, if the refugee camps just said that they were harboring a terrorist, that's the rumor that needs to start. Clearly, is that there's terrorists well, no. in the refugee camps, and Dude. then they can go in and start mowing them down. Right, and then it will get the United States upset enough that like two people died while mowing down refugees, two Americans, and then right. see even it's even contagious to me. You just call Americans people and other people something else. So <laughs> two Americans die. Two Americans die. I mean, it's true. Like this is I know, the infectious I know. It's just funny. society of America. It's so oh, horrible. Gosh. I, it's terrible. I want to shoot myself. But <laughs> oh, anyway, so two Americans die. Only if you're a refugee. And then people are like, oh, my American. God. Exactly. Indiana <laughs> is in mourning. And Indiana died. We've got to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, no, I don't even think it's so much. That, yeah. You know. you know, well, no. See, we're very good at problem solvers. It's just we have to create the problem. So that's all. If we can be shown okay. to develop the problem, then we're good at solving it once it's been created already. And the problem's got to be big, and it's got to be right. setting people on right. fire who are running around in the street in right. front of you. Right. Then you can go about right. the problem of solving it. Right. But uh, no, And the I only problem is when, like in Iraq, there's absolutely no solution at all once 
because you can't get the worms back inside of the can. That's true. Yeah, and that is all a problem. But you know, other than that, it's all good. Which uh, but we're getting our best minds to work on it. I know. God, I oh, yeah. developed a machine that turns Iraqis into mall goers. <laughs> Great. And then we'll just set up a mall. And they'll all go to the mall, and everything will be fine. It reminds me that uh, that Bush was looking at his latest, you know, that rack study report, and he's just like, "I'm gonna, you know, I'm definitely gonna, I'm gonna take a very careful consideration of it." And everyone's like, "Okay, so, um, uh, so have you read it now?" And of course, the problem here, and I think actually, story, you may have referred to this in one of your duck and covers. So if you have, I apologize for stealing the idea. But basically, oh, the point no, was fine. then George Bush, you know, was like, "Well, I'm not gonna delay it," and the very clear reason as to why he's delaying it has nothing to do with stubbornness. It's because he hasn't read it yet. I mean, let's keep in mind, this is a C-minus student, okay? George Bush right. reading a document, <laughs> exactly. reading any kind of a document. Like, this is, they're reading it out to him now as bedtime reading. It's like, and then the Sunnis and the Shiite. What are the Shiite? The Sunnis and the Shiite. You know, and then that's, that's takes, that takes time. <laughs> Cheney's got to come over. He's got to promise not to shoot him in the face first. It's, it's, it's a long process, you know, to, to get to the, the point the where Daily Bush understands Show. the document. Did a fantastic job of uh, lampooning Rumsfeld in his last day in office. This was the other night. I think I saw a little of that. Yeah. Made this retarded quote, where basically he was like, "Look, the media is just going to report on every time there's a car bomb like this in Iraq, <laughs> but you know it really doesn't look so bad when you're flying over the country. It's oh, not as if the whole country's God, on fire." Moron. And oh. so they brought up their uh, like oh. Middle East correspondent, this guy um, Asif Manvi. And he was like, you were right. Donald Rumsfeld is right. The, uh, Iraq is a large country, and much of it is not on fire. Great job, Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> and we remember the great words of George Bush during 9-11 when he said, well, it looks bad from here, but if you fly... Oh, remember, much of the United States is not smoldering right now. Right. So you have to put it in perspective. It's so true. Right. But I mean, no, it is. With, with these guys, it is that it issue. It is that issue, absolutely. Yep. Lives of foreign nationals with American lives. It's, it's not true. even close. We don't even count, no. and this was discussed in the show also, that when we're counting casualties in Iraq, like the military count, not only do they mm -hmm. not count civilian casualties at all, but they don't count, uh, if they can't figure out the cause of death of an Iraqi civilian, then that doesn't count. Like, it doesn't matter if they were engaged with a... Well, it could have been a military. heart attack simultaneous to being shot by seven <laughs> exactly. sniper bullets. Right, exactly. Who knows? Maybe it was spontaneous combustion and not a suicide bomber. There was bomber a really I don't bad know. flu this year. <laughs> yeah. They killed about no 700,000 Iraqis. I had a bad cough. Really it could have been the same thing for him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I know. know. Most Iraqis yeah. are over the age of 100. You couldn't really expect them to live much longer anyway. <laughs> so. You know, the other thing, too, is that The Daily Many Show... Many of them were poisoned slowly by Saddam Hussein. Very <laughs> slowly time lapse it just took over now bad timing on our part that it would coincide bad timing. with bombing at the same time and this oh. was his plot it was like setting the kuwaiti oil fields on fire it was the same no, thing man actually what he, he did was trying to make us look bad he's waiting he in imprisonment after it gets taken he's like look if you kidnap me if you take me over and put me on trial for war crimes you're gonna be sorry you'll be sorry they're like they're like he's like okay <laughs> it is like and it is cell he takes out the little remote control button he's had for 10 years pushes it and all of a sudden it's like oh and everyone like becomes poisoned at that point. Like his entire populace, like this is great. No one will ever suspect it. Exactly. Death squads would put right. in people's teeth. Exactly. The, this, yeah, the, uh, the Iraqi dentists <laughs> were the conspiracy. Oh. The same thing as the radiation for that uh, Russian diplomat. I know. The same yeah, thing. Yeah, the shit. Time that lapse relief. Oh my Polonium god, I know. In people's teeth. And they keep like finding it everywhere. I've never heard of polonium. 
Now they have. Isn't it? Wasn't he was an element. outfielder for the Angels? Luis Polonium? <laughs> yeah. with me. He played on the Yankees the for a short time. Luis the Polonia. Oh, yeah. really? So you mean yeah, the, there you go. You mean the British? Polonium. So the British shouldn't go to George. Russia. Russia's like, this is yeah, what we've been telling you. Go thing. find him. He's managing a minor league baseball team somewhere. We don't know where he is. They're like, stop <laughs> stalling us. No, I don't know what he did. <laughs> he found the spy and he heard him. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's, He was a very slappy yeah. hitter, but it turned out he was only so fast because... The uh, the fielders are being slowly poisoned as he is running around the bases. Yeah, <laughs> but he's got him. great durability because he's got a half life of five hundred thousand years, so he's got a lot of time to go yet. <laughs> oh my god! But Powerful it's polonium. Uh, but it's just like it's ridiculous. Like the other thing the Daily Show did, which I thought was hilarious, was they showed um, they showed the I guess all the outgoing senators, and I don't know if this is true in the House as well, but they get to make sort of you know goodbye and screw you all speeches on their on their way out. Senior speeches. Yeah. So Santorum. Yeah, yeah. Got to get. Please don't, 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 don't taint the memory of real senior speeches, like legitimate one story. You know, like where marriage proposals have happened and things with these clowns. Was, I was so, gonna say, was it, were there any marriage proposals? Yeah, I that guess, was my next question. Yeah, exactly. You preempted me there. Uh, Santorum proposed. Yeah. But yeah. they mentioned Santorum asked yeah. that new gay evangelical leader who stepped down to marry him. Yeah, it's like I've always That's loved awesome. you. Um, That's great. But no, they were saying that like so they were showing Santorum and he's just like you know blah 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 and he's talking about these these different things. And he's just like, and you know, it's interesting when you get to the whole business of Iraq and all the media wants to tell you is the bad news of Iraq, like all the body counts in Iraq. I mean, that's all they've been doing ever since, you know, they've been doing this for three whole years. They've been telling us about the body count. And then they cut back to Jon Stewart and he's like, three whole years. Coincidentally, when the Iraq war began, that's when the media started to report on the body count. I sense a conspiracy here. Three whole years indeed. Yeah. You know, and, he, and of course, it's true. You realize that these people are such fools, they don't even realize their foolishness. That's how bad it is. They just don't understand that they the sound part, that dumb. The thing that really pisses me off is the irony that the media used to feed the Republican machine like uh, peanuts to an elephant. But that was a, that was a terrible pun. I didn't even do that on purpose. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway. Oh wow. All of this coverage of crime would feed the the tough on crime campaigns during the 90s of all these Republican politicians, and they would use this fear mongering to increase you know police and increase military spending because they would get the old people yeah. afraid of like roving gangs. Well, you can't trip about that. I know. Yeah. So they were happy about that. <laughs> Now that it's going against them, they're like, stupid media, why do you always report on bad things? <laughs> Can't report like, on the, the new gardening? <laughs> Look how much gardening <laughs> is in Iraq. Why are you so negative? Stories, man. We built, uh, we're making some sheet glass over here, and that's going to put in a building and last for five seconds. How about that? Oh, I know. This guy's got a job. <laughs> it's true. Him. It's so, it's so exasperating, great. and then to have to sort of they go around and just be like, for years. oh, I, I just, it's amazing. It really is amazing. And I, fortunately, as I've said, I, th I do think that, you know, I've noticed it even in my students, that I, there's a clear sense that things have altered in terms of what people accept and don't accept, and I think everyone knows they've gotten played for the fool, so that all of these little tricks about like, but wait, but about this, now there's a commission, now wait for another, you know, everyone's like, no, no, you're an idiot, get him out, 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 bad idea, get him out, go, go, get him out. And, you know, I think there's an increasing call to do that. See, the problem is that I think generally the American people over time figure things out, but it takes them so bloody long. I guess because it takes the 15% a long time to explain it to the 85. But, you know, if we could accelerate that process and, and be democracy, like, look, listen to the MEP report it and you'll figure it out. Long time <laughs> you know, for the majority's heads to be all on fire at once. Yeah. 
to where we have to find out a solution to something. Exactly. That is difficult to like, accomplish. Seriously, some dude today woke up, right? Some dude looked at, woke up and looked at his wife and said, wait a minute. The Iraq war doesn't make any sense. Like he did that today. Some guy somewhere did that. Had that reaction today. Yep. You know? I mean So what do you say to those people? I just And that man was John F. Carey. No. I, I guess I have no idea. <laughs> so yeah, well. Oh good lord. You know the latest was hey, speaking of which yeah. do you want to pimp your uh, your new quiz story while we're talking? Oh yeah, about right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, speaking of John Kerry, it's true, yeah. So you guys should all go to uh bluepyramid.org slash two thousand eight or just go to the Blue Pyramid and it's one of the first links. There's a uh, new quiz that I made, two thousand eight presidential quiz Yay. the largest online quiz in history Hurrah. breaking my own record i might add nice uh of 128 but this is really 700 crazy. And 768 answers i guarantee it 768 no possible idea. outcomes yeah it's really ridiculous how intricate this thing was until i started playing with it and then there were people i hadn't heard yep. of coming up in the quiz and i was like whoa yeah okay clearly i'm it not successfully predicted the people well for yeah, me that i dislike most in politics so i was like good well that's pretty much par for the course for my quizzes with story yeah <laughs> i was just and like so, nope. and, the, and the big ruse to uh to get more traffic for it too and to get more interest in it is that i'm going to have uh weekly results of, as, of a poll and it'll be i'm going to sort of bill it as who's front running and who's whatever you know with the non-scientific disclaimers but if you find a ticket that you do like you should uh keep going back because then you'll pump up the numbers for whatever ticket you want to see in 2008 and actually both conventions have been canceled in lieu of uh the poll being taken on this quiz ah, okay so well good well good it matters that's good it matters what comes it makes a difference so, so listen, America. But yeah, uh, 768 <laughs> answers, and question. Uh, all all the tickets. I guarantee. I guarantee also that uh, I will throw down the guarantee that the two eventual main tickets, the Democratic and Republican ticket, are in there. I guarantee it. It's gonna happen. Huh? Okay. So, go ahead and ask. I was the gonna ask. Yeah. Where do you come yeah. up? I mean, it was it just a question of filler when you were coming up with people like Cindy Sheehan? Like, does anyone really think she's gonna make an oh, official no, run for president? Oh no, she's actually. She's been discussed as a as a possible Green really? Party nominee. Yeah, people expected wow. her to Great. run for the Senate. Kucinich and she a friend of hers was running for the Senate. Moving to point one percentage victory yeah. in 2008. So, uh, you know, that guy, is Lincoln Chafee, is that the name? The the moderate yeah. Republican? Yeah, not a bad yeah, guy. Lincoln Chafee really? is the, Repu the Republican really? who voted for... I, I mean, I don't think necessarily he's con given a contender. Like, the independents, there were definitely some people who are sort of borderline, you know. And some of the vice okay. presidential candidates, there are a couple of vice presidential candidates in there who are definitely jokes, you know. Yeah. Who are definitely, like, you know, they just match up well with certain people. Like, Justin Timberlake is a possible vice president <laughs> for John Edwards. Oh, I certainly didn't get there. The, like, I probably would have brought that know, up earlier. That's the heavyweight candidacy, yeah. <laughs> John Edwards yeah. and Justin Timberlake. That's you know, a serious candidacy. Yeah. Because they're, you know, it's it's the one issue, and the issue is hotness. So, I see. you know, that's yeah. the candidacy there. So that's funny. So there's certain jokes. Mike Huckabee has uh, Jared Fogel from Subway fame as a possible running mate <laughs> because, you know, the weight loss thing is a big issue for both of them. So, so they're only matched up to certain together. candidates. Is that right? Like vice presidential candidates can only be matched in certain circumstances in to certain cases, presidential ones, or I mean, all the front runners can all be matched up with each other, but there are some obscure things in there that I threw in for fun that uh, yeah. that are harder to get. Condoleezza Rice running with Willie Brown because she warned him about September 11th. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> fun. Rudy Giuliani running with Ray Nagin because 
disaster mayors are clearly <laughs> the, mayor the only disaster mayor ticket. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, actually that's one that's doing very well. That's going to be one of the leading, and it, it counts as a Republican ticket, even though it's a split squad ticket because because it's Giuliani. Giuliani yeah, yeah, that yeah. Front end of the ticket that right. he absorbs exactly. the right. other person's liberalism exactly. into his head. He'd be like, yeah. whatever, man. <laughs> It's all Republican. He'd immediately Everyone's have Ray Nagin arrested for loitering. Be <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, you're standing here next to me on this podium. I didn't invite you here. Oh, I did, yes. but I changed my mind. Get out of here. Boy, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the team. rollout. It's, yeah, very, uh, so it's very cool to see. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this project I've been working on way too hard for a, a while. Yeah, I think so this is going to really take off. Novel, as soon as this is someone officially, uh, this is why you haven't actually announces their candidacy. Like, well, I mean, I had to like, be in place. No, I wanted it. everything in place and done because, and it was really crazy. Like, I've been working on this, you know, pretty much solid with almost all of my free time for the last month. And every time that I would read something in CNN or anywhere about speculation on the 2008 election, I was like, not yet. Stop not speculating. Yet. <laughs> a, few more, a few more days. Okay. I'm going to be the source of interest for that. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to have all the possibilities. Just hold on. Hold on. So I was very relieved yes. to get it out yes. at the uh, the beginning of the week. Yeah. And so that's the thing is you have to have it. If something's going to take off, you have to beat the rush. You have, it in, have to have it in place before uh, before the real interest kicks in. So yeah. that was the whole the whole idea. So go over there. Very impressive. Check it out. Thank you. I don't suppose that there's an emu candidate that's yeah. listed in there. Is there a story? I don't suppose that's one of the options. Given. No, no, there's... No, and I even resisted the urge to put myself in. I've often sort of done little Easter eggs like that in the quizzes, like put my own novel in the book quiz, or uh, the the human result in the animal quiz is a picture of me, and the cat result is a picture of my You're cat. You're like the M. Night Shlamayan of that, internet but, quizzes. Uh, you put yourself into these little things. You know? the, yeah, <laughs> exactly. The closest, except the closest he has a shred I, of ability. Yeah, exactly, except he has talent. I'm between, I'm between you guys on this, remember. I think he's okay. Shlamayan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know, which is why I'm defending Slamayan and asking you to shut it. <laughs> if I could ever have ding the dong. talent that Samuel uh, Ding Dong displays, <laughs> I'd be very happy. So. Um, oh gosh. But anyway. But wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Since the we're doing this, I came to doing that this time was having okay. Pete Camejo in the in the race who functionally is every result me. but he I was an actual I came up with like 18 Kameho permutations it's like why is my yeah. life all about Kameho I don't even know the man well because he's good about because he thinks and you think yeah well and, uh, the problem really, is story when you're, a, when you're in a political quiz you have like two or three options out of 768 when you think so you know uh, not many people are going to line <laughs> up with you it's like eHarmony you broke boring. eHarmony <laughs> So, yeah. based on their quiz of personality, so, you know, that's true. clearly that's hard to do, right? It's, so, getting Kameho... Yeah, they can't find a match for Peter Kameho either. It, You're right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, absolutely. I know. Yeah, the combinations <laughs> were really interesting. They're like, look. No, I, yeah. I, I, that was the one thing when I was trying to... Because I took it twice, and the problem is that red is my favorite color, apart from uh -huh. politics. So, that kept screwing me up, because I'm like, God <laughs> right. damn it, I don't want to be a Republican. Fine. Blue. Fine. Red Did is it not... take you a while to figure out? No, no. I mean, I knew it immediately, but I hated... you to Republican? No, 
no, I mean, I okay. knew I knew it immediately, and I hated it. Right. I didn't want to have to like answer a question to say my favorite color was blue <laughs> quiz with when integrity. it's not. <laughs> and so, no, that's good. You know, I, that's, and it kept that's leading noble. me to like the least that's popular noble. people ever. I'm like, that. I'm like Mitt Romney. No, I think he's a piece of crap. Then it was like Ralph Nader. I'm like, I think he's also a piece of crap for very different reasons. Then it was like you know, Massachusetts Republican. Yes, I know. Yeah, it did give me a Massachusetts Republican. It gave me the interloper from Utah is who it gave me to. Like you're Sean Thurman and David Duke. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Great. That perfectly fits my personality. Actually, is in the quiz. Nice, nice. Is really? Is Fidel Castro in the quiz? He's a vice presidential running mate for Trent Lott. So wow. You know where David Duke was this week, by the way. Nice. You know what David Duke was up to this week? Yes, he was in Iran. He was in Iran. What? He was. David Duke didn't happen conference. Yeah, they were. Didn't yes, you hear about this, Greg? They were oh, having the, uh, yes. The I didn't know he went to on it. Whether the Holocaust existed. And he went to it. In other words, the <laughs> let's invite the the skinheads and Nazi supremacists oh, to talk about how the Holocaust David didn't Duke. exist. Wow. How about and David that? David Duke was there. I mean, I think it's a good play by Iran because Iran knows that the intolerant people of America run the country. So if you reach out to the intolerant people in America, invite them to your homeland, have them, you know, dine on fine Iranian food for the conference, then they're less. The intolerant people are sadly. The intolerant people also tend to be pro-Israeli and intolerant. That's the problem. They're intolerant towards other people. I can't take this. Like, I want to listen to the Iraq Study Group. I, I want some reasonable solution and some diplomacy with Iraq. And then it's just like Ahmadinejad just doing this to piss me off. There's no reason that he would do this other than to just piss people off and just say, look, I'm not reasonable. The Holocaust didn't exist. La, la, la. Have diplomacy with me. No, it's very like, reasonable because on. it's based on his, his belief that he can become a, a strong Don't man. Don't say anything. You know? Maybe people have a regular foreign policy. He's a fruit loop. God, I hate that guy. He's a fruit loop. Wait a minute, though. Let me, let me give you a... Uh, well, wait, though. Wait, though. There's, I really wait, think though. you should give my theory a shot, Russ. I think it's true. What's, his, what's your theory? <laughs> I think he's... Oh, no, the, oh yeah, that theory. My theory, theory is that he's on everyone and their mother denounced it. Yeah. No, there's, a, there's a different issue, though. The, the evangelicals... Everybody hates No, you. there's a different thing, though. I, I think it's you're racing on a different thing, which is, remember that you once said years ago, even before we started the show, you said that uh, one of the things you always thought would be a good idea to do would be to act like a really super conservative guy and then somehow get nominated to the Supreme Court and then be like, ha-ha, and like, <laughs> cast off your cloak and it turns right. out that you're actually a liberal. Oh, so gee, what if you actually great. hung out with the men totally in play. I now mean, I have to by which I mean hypothetically. You <laughs> did talk about that in the show. Yeah. I hate to be the historian. Historian calling the really? fact here, but that was on a map report. Yeah. Oh, it was okay. One of the early like ones, one of the single two? digits, like Jeez. the single digits. I think it was like four or seven. Wow. Okay. Actually, it might have even been like in the teens, but it was on a show. Okay. So you've it already blown the one. So a map report. It wasn't like a video no, game no. discussion. It, Back it was not 04. straight to video. Okay. No, right. it was real. All right. So then, <laughs> it, was, it was in the show. And so, if this 05. is true, yeah. Russ, that this happened, then I don't see why you can't believe that Amenadjad is just like, boy, just wait till they, you know, be, make me sort of secretary of the general of the UN or something, and then all because of a sudden, he's blah! He's it turns out that he's say, like, you know. I was gonna say, what more is he gonna do? No, he's, he hasn't oh, reached the peak of his no, career. According to Amenadjad, no way. Amenadjad's got global ambitions. He's like your nutcase Hugo Chavez story. He wants to be like, you know, regional strongman, and then. In ten king years, of the world, and then when he's the emperor of Persia, right. I'm sure he'll be a beacon of That's peace to I mean. the Israeli people. <laughs> yeah. When he's the emperor of the Persian territory, right. he'll be like, "Ha ha, yeah. April Fools!" I'm just kidding. I love everybody. So we're gonna give out baby, you know, candy to all the babies, and everyone gets free health care, and you know, women can take 
take off their veils. That's probably more babies accurate. The candy. We're gonna give out babies. Have some babies. These were your babies. We've been, but, uh, we've been stockpiling babies. Now we don't now know we what can to do give them. them. We've just got too many babies. <laughs> too many corpses. We uh, here. Do you Not want corpses? Live babies. babies. We have any stockpile any babies. Any kind you want. Oh, uh, yeah. Candy to um, babies. Candy. Oh God, One now. time. I'm sure you guys won't be disturbed by this. I wrote a bit with my friend, my friend Payam, who is Persian, that we decided we could never right. release on a stage because it was just too offensive and possibly would make us a target of terrorism. And the bit went Wait, wait whoa, whoa, whoa. And so you're bringing this up here now. Why? <laughs> no, let's You're like, so instead, let's anyway. make story and Greg. To it's about to destroy the network. Great, great. Uh-huh. Well, the issue is all of these suicide bombers... Hello. It's your old friend, the giant flying beaver that rules the universe. I know it's been a while, I've been busy, obviously. This is the season of busyness, as I see you're all celebrating the mass of the flying beaver. Uh, but I really couldn't avoid making an appearance here. You see, as I'm talking, Russ is telling the most offensive joke ever known in the history of man. Uh, we cannot allow this to be released on the map report. So therefore, I'm going to reprimand Russ and instead allow you to listen to the sound of my voice. Uh, if you do want the actual text of the most offensive joke ever told, please write to Russ at russatmapreport.com and may the beaver have mercy on your soul. Alright, that's it. Back to regular mapping. Thank you for listening to the map report. Story and I are like, uh, uh, uh. I'm gonna go hang out with Salman Rushdie for a couple uh, yeah, of years. Yeah, I know. We'll be oh, back speaking of Salman Rushdie, <laughs> speaking of Salman Rushdie, uh, did you hear that he says he no longer fears? Yeah. Uh, he no longer fears for his life. He feels like the whole, the whole thing, the fatwa is now officially not a concern anymore for him. Once they lampooned him on That's Seinfeld, he enough. knew that he could never be a real target. Which to me, that. I would just feel be like I, I almost wouldn't want to say that, right? Like for the one rogue guy who'd like almost lost interest, and then all of a sudden he sees him on the news, he's like, oh, I don't really fear it. He's like, You don't fear it, you know? And then he goes after him again. Like you'd think he'd just want to stand the down low about it, like just kind of let it fade away, you know? Yeah, I mean, but he's a writer. That would be poetic irony. That would be a great way to go. <laughs> great, but, but he couldn't write know, about his own poetic after irony. Though, announcing yeah? that he was fine. No, he'd have to be writing yeah, at the time. Fine. I no longer fear. <laughs> He don't want to be afraid of what? No, no, I think you exactly. the, oh, There is fuck. no odd monster. No, wait. And all of a sudden behind him you see Luis Polonium like backing up step by step. Damn that Luis Polonium. Friends. Oh shit. That's pretty funny. Oh man. Yep, that's true. Oh wait, I actually had a segue from before before I remembered about the joke. Oh, I, I had a segue. I thought that's me. where the segue I was going to say was and from. you didn't take the segue no, then. Segue yeah. Before the worst joke ever. I right? You know, I we've had arguments where I've supported Israel in their position even though I've, I'm very critical of them, but as of what I read today in the news, I can no longer support the Israeli army and they're obviously evil. Okay. And here is the story. Apparently, when Israel is recruiting troops for their army, they ask them one question, which is, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? And if the recruit responds in the affirmative, then they immediately bump them down a notch. They create a, uh, like a glass ceiling for as high as they can be promoted, what? and they give them psychological counseling. This is that true. is an abomination. <laughs> an abomination. I hit the them with my the plus five is, sword of suck it Israel. That's what I hit them with. Is Wait, this on okay, an Iranian the news site? When you're an Israeli okay. soldier pinned down in a trench by Lebanese snipers, you really don't want to see your commander pull out his D20s <laughs> and making his agility roll for dodge. No, he just pulls out his foam the sword. Israeli He's like, Run. Knows this. <laughs> 
I tumbled, you bitch! I tumbled! Oh. Every D&D enthusiast who joins the Israeli army is automatically given a low security clearance and viewed as unreliable subpar soldiers. Which would actually fit for That's me, true story. because if I were required to serve, which would be anathema to me, as I'm sure it would be the story, I think my reaction it would be, I'd just tell the truth. I'm like, yeah, I played D&D. They're like, we're going to bump you down. I'm like, oh, you mean I can't pursue a militaristic career? What a shame. I, I, that's, yeah. so, that's so damaging well, to my psyche. Well, you're obligated. Well, great. I, then I, wait, can obligated. this work if I answer other things that would make me appear to be nerdy in some way? I'm like, and I'm a Star Trek fan. Fellowship of the Ring is my favorite movie. Um, I stayed all online all day to yeah, see Star so Wars. Like, I own a PlayStation 2. Like, at that point, they'd bump me down to, like, what, janitor of, like, the base? Like, like as long as they could bump me down far enough, no, they'd be like, I'll never see the front Here's mark. your official mind-sweeping assignment. What? You are now a mind-sweeper. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's, that no, that's the... <laughs> We'll let you know. But then I pull something else out. I'm just sort of like, yeah, yeah, well, I can speak Klingon. And they're like, you're not bright enough to see a twig. Never mind. You just stay in this trench and groan occasionally at the top of your lungs. Wow. I can't believe that. Why would they... Who? What? Why would Israel care? What does Israel care about and that? It, this would only be reported on the internet. I'm sure only like two people ha have had this happen to them in the Israeli army because it's such an obscure, stupid thing. But I don't know, man. A lot of Americans are actually, you know, who or, you know, Israeli Americans have actually returned to Israel to fight, you know, or they've come here and then gone back like um like one of the one of the debaters you know uh, who's the debater the secretary ari um i think went back that we know from the brandeis debate team actually went back in his fight avi um not avi well avi did it too oh, actually no, but not say. avi but there was another guy um avi was in the american yeah no military. not avi and no there's another one but another brandeis debater who actually went back and fought um you know and went back his fighting for israel and it, he may have been israeli to begin with or has family there but the point was he wasn't obligated for whatever reason to do it he chose to do it so you know this may become more of an issue there may be more dnd people was shot while serving in the Israeli military before going to Brandeis. I don't. Is that who you're no, about? this guy's. I think this guy's name is actually Ari. I think. I think he is, and I'm sorry that I'm forgetting his name. And all the Brandeis debaters can correct me. No, I don't know any Ari's, Ari's in any given it's not class. Not Adam Neer, right? Adam Neer, thank you. Not Ari. Adam Neer. No, I am talking about Adam Neer. Yes, I'm sorry. He's already taken a bullet. In he did. The line of duty for Israel. Did he already? Before going to Brandeis. Wow, yes. I didn't know that. Yes, before going to Brandeis, and then he was going back. Yeah, but he's definitely. A, Israeli, and B, served. So, okay, yeah. all right, well, I stand corrected. And is going back. So. Okay, I stand or sit corrected Indeed. then. Indeed. But so, I don't know, I mean, Adam Neer's a D&D guy. Goldberg from Long I could see that. He could be a D&D guy. Remember him? <laughs> Dave Goldberg from Long Island. No, no, or uh, Rachel, she's short. Brown hair. Yeah, and um, Sarah. Rachel yeah. and Sarah. Yeah. They're also from Long yeah. Island. They hung, out, they, they hung out all the time together. And, uh, yeah. You need to tread Long very, hair, short brown. very carefully. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, so carefully. Every student at Brandeis. So carefully. Is Dave Goldberg uh, from Long so Island. So carefully. And Sarah These are Rachel jokes from Long Island. that Brandeis makes about itself and that I reiterated yes. in the university quiz about Brandeis. Yes, so, I suppose. you know, I, I, I think. But, uh. Do, do we know our school's alma mater? Can we sing it? Does anyone? Now? Um, oh, brain no, I was really high the, during the ceremony. I would it? never remember what it was. It's the only time I've <laughs> ever heard it. That. I was too busy being the. I was think I was the. I was the graduate school marshal yeah. for that, so I was holding a very heavy scepter, trying not to drop it. It was very heavy. And wearing like 19 gotcha. robes and medallions. That's true. Not like and, not uh, like Yehuda though, who had your Dungeons and Dragons mage. I I so like wanted to keep the scepter. I wanted to just be like. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I wanted to. Yehuda, who won the Olympics in javelin, I'm sure, or something like that. Well, I always thought it would be great if Yehuda 
actually had hand-to-hand combat abilities. He could take one of the medals off of his thing and just, like, whip it at somebody. I think that would be sweet if he could actually do that. For no particular reason, but just decided to. Or if he was Mr. T, that would also be good. Or if you won a silver in the Olympics and then you had to melt it down to make bullets to kill werewolves. (laughs) That would be really cool also. (laughs) That would put him in the D&D category, though, wouldn't it? Don't you think? Wouldn't that put him in the D&D category? Yeah. Graduation. There is a full moon at the graduation ceremony, and so Mm. the guy Silver Olympic medal finds a nearby stove and a cast to make bullets and a gun that shoots bullets that he can right. cast. And, 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 and an hour and a half werewolf. to do all this and find that. A la Buffy. This is the, you know, the Jewish college student equivalent of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There you go. And we've all it's been waiting for Dave Goldberg, the werewolf hunter. From Long Island. Ninety nine. From Long Island. From Long Island. <laughs> he only kills oh, Long Island werewolves, too. There he you go. That's true. <laughs> Seriously, he can't associate with those others. It's just that's no. just too low. They're totally like Staten Island werewolves that he has to let go. Just like oh, some man. Cut some something. guys from the like, all right, guys from the, the Bronx. Ferry. He's like, no, 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 Fine. no. You guys know. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Move along. Go ahead. Move along. Move along. Get a free pass. <laughs> but if they're in Long Island at the time, he can totally kill them. But then when they jump the borough border. Is that like a, the cop that's, that's a jurisdictional thing? Ticket. That's like a jurisdictional like problem, yeah. yeah. There. Oh, man. Can he get Has to anyone the ever boat done that? on time? Has anyone ever tried that to make it killed, state killed line? Killed werewolves in Long Island like as Jewish werewolf hunters? Patrol. No. No, I've never done that. That's never actually happened to me. No. No. Actually, the only I time I that I tried <laughs> to get over the state line speeding was when I had a Long Island werewolf in the back of my car. <laughs> Who's that telling you to speed? He's, you're like, I don't want to speed. Just actually speed. <laughs> right. No, I actually do, like, whenever I'm speeding, though, I do think a lot about uh, playing the jurisdiction card and, like, totally relax if the plates don't match the state that I'm in for the cop car that I see or try to think, well, maybe they're city police and I can just get out of the city and things like that. So I've, I've had I those thoughts, but on I've the never drive been home from Brandeis to New like York, that. oh yeah, I'm approaching the New York border, especially. I would always gun it like oh. crazy. I'd be like, "Bring mm-hmm. it! Now's your chance!" Oh cops. my god! <laughs> yeah. I don't think this works because I think they would just be like, and then cross the border "Yeah," because you could like find someone else who would do that. I don't think that would actually like. I had a my old boss when I was working electronics boutique. Um, used to do this because he always he would he was he was black. So what he did was he got a vanity plate that said "black male" and then he put it on his Mitsubishi clips which he had all black and tinted and he said what he wanted to do what he loved to do with it is because he would often commute down to danbury so to what i like to do and he said he often now and i believed it because he was kind of a funny guy so he's like i like to go through the most racist areas like places where cops had been you know held up for like you know racial stereotype racial profiling and things like that and he would like to speed right. through those towns this actually happened to him once where he got pulled over and the cop was like so uncomfortable clearly in the whole thing because he's got the blackmail thing he's got the black car He's got black tinted windows, and it was at night. So the guy pulls him over, and he rolls down the window. The cop's just like, sir, do you have any idea how fast you're driving? He's like, yeah, I was driving normal speed. He's like, well, I clocked you going at this speed. And again, my boss is like, you sure it was me? And the guy was so uncomfortable because he was just like, because he's like, because you know, you see, I, I do happen to be black. And then he, and he's like, and it was dark, and my car is dark. Do you have something about dark, officer? And as he was doing this, oh it was gosh. great. And as he was doing this, of course, he's got the little, like, mini camera running next to him in the seat. <laughs> like, up the shot. It's like, so, right. and, and apparently, now, this only worked once. 
answer because he said I was like, did you try it again? He's like, well, I figured I better not push my luck in that same town for a while. But he just, he, you know, he liked playing that right. that card of jurisdiction plus racial profiling versus you, you know. Um, so it was, I don't know. He used to call it, uh, yeah. he called it like yeah, pranking. That's, that's quite a different. As a minority, case. pranking policemen seems like a really good safe activity. Yeah. That seems like something that'll work yeah. out well. It was, it was uh, <laughs> yeah. messing in the long term. Yeah. With racial profiling police, yeah. yeah. Which was, and it was, and you know, when he out. totally acted, like he totally played up the thing where he was like, and he came up and he was totally playing the, he actually, he, he said he had on the inside of his car, which you could only see when you open the window, like on the on the dashboard, you could see too black for you and all this stuff. Which is not, he didn't care about any of this. He just made this up. For, like he just put this stuff on there to like play with the minds of white racist cop. And I, I just was like, that's, that's pretty, I don't know that I would have the guts to do that, but that's, uh, that's pretty respectable. That's pretty impressive. I think that's, that's, that's pretty yeah. cool in some yes, ways. I thought so too. I don't know. I don't know if I fully endorse it. It's sort of, it's, it's race baiting, it's cool. but you know, it's like saying, putting Michael Richards in a spot where he gets to be racist and then saying, well, he was provoked. Yeah, but you know what? If you're not racist and you're provoked, you're still not going to end up being racist. Whereas if you are racist and you're provoked, uh, well, Michael Richards. And he'd just been to the, uh, the conference on the non-existent Holocaust. So he was very confused about right. things. Why would you accept that invitation? Why, if you're David Duke, why would you accept that? Because you want to, I mean, you just want to be like, all right. Because he was happy to spread the message. There was a quote where David Duke said something to the effect of Israel, you know, this is the last thing that Israel ever wants to see. And everyone's like, obviously. But his point was that this was some <laughs> conspiracy that Israel was like covering up. And so it's like, Israel does not want to have us here doing this. Why? Because you're an asshole? Exactly. No, because it's true. Oh my God. Israel is just like, yeah. And what I love is, now see, I remember as, you, as people, regular listeners to the Met Report will know that I am a, you know, I'm obviously a longtime con- conference goer. And I want to know what kind of a conference, like, did they have like, did they have like water for people? Did they have like panels? Did they were have like invited, papers? Were things you like this? Greg, oh and you just God. Yeah, declined. thank God, no. They're like, on the grounds of your long-term attendance at many, many conferences, <laughs> we will begrudgingly invite you, though you do not have proper credentials for this And event, though you find us the, and the our stance to be anathema, and though you graduated with your doctorate from Brandeis University, please come to our Holocaust denial conference. Yeah, exactly. No, but like, that, that was the thing, is like, exactly. I mean, like, wh- uh, like how, how like, legitimate did they try to make it? Like, did they have, like, the water, the pitcher of water in every hotel room? Did they have speakers, like, you know, as the speaker's getting through, and that is why six million Jews did not really die in the ovens, thank you. Did they have, like, people come in, they're like, I'm sorry, we've only got five minutes for questions? Um, yes, they're in the back. Like, I mean, is that how it happened? I mean, like, seriously. The funny thing is, they claim to have represented both sides of this debate, because somewhere, like, in the back of the room, under a crate, were some CDs of recordings by Holocaust survivors that nobody wanted. And then, you know, the, all of the speakers were, like, white supremacists and people who hated Israel right. and there was even a really cool faction of like orthodox anti-Zionist Jews who somehow were in support of this it was great they really got a good group together over there it's a good group of guys they're going to go a long way next yeah, that's, year that's, that's charming group. We got your, we got your racists the, uh... you got your internal self-haters you got a little bit of just people who didn't go to history and class people, you got a really yeah. good crew. people who hated really Steven crazy. Spielberg's Munich and that people, group of people, who people, like too. people who don't like Munich people who attend as many conventions as Greg and just uh, can't can't turn them away. Yeah. That would be so funny. Like if somebody like walks in, yeah. he's like, "Oh, oh, I was. Uh, this is not the the fantasy fiction conference, <laughs> is it?" They're like, "No, no, this is the the Holocaust didn't well, happen conference." He's like, "Oh, well, what well, kind of?" He's like, "Oh, that's." 
That sounds like fantasy fiction to me. And yeah, well, hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Well, no, seriously, that actually, uh, I was in a conference hey, oh. once where it was at the same hotel that they were having the National Undertakers Conference. <laughs> that was a little bit distressing. Cause, like, oh, I thought you were going to say it was in the no, same no. hotel where this no, one was. No, not where this one, no. I was like, see? I was like, no, no. You have No, no. Like, where they had the Undertakers <laughs> Conference, but that was just as bad because you're at the National Undertakers Conference, and you'd be in some panels, and there were... Which is not, by the way. Or not. Never mind. What? Proceed. The National Oh, yeah. I, the National I was, Undertaker's Conference. I was mis- oh, yeah. I was <laughs> no, it's new. It's news story. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it strikes me that, like, you know, the National Undertaker's Conference, I like, well, we were there, I was just like, some of these panels at my conference, they're about as boring as what I might have expected to hear from the National Undertaker's Conference. I could sense confusion. Like, I could see... Because what is there to talk about, it, like, yeah. new methods of embalming? What What is there... What is new in the field of death that I have, you know, like, like dealing with death? Like, undertaking death, you know? Did you go to new That'd things about... Shakespeare. Yeah, man. Who's been dead a lot longer than whoever the Undertaker is. Well, that's right, because, you know, we don't embalm and put Shakespeare away. People are still performing Shakespeare, but the dead people are sadly still dead, so, you know. Dude, I am totally going to start the Undertaker. Like reverse Undertakers? Isn't that what they really are? (laughs) What? Yeah. Oh, I suppose so. And I am totally (laughs) going to start the Undertaker's denial conference. That's going to (laughs) happen. That they do don't it. exist. No, the people don't exist. Yeah, the, there are they, no, there well, are no the, dead people. The, the people aren't dead. <laughs> they, they aren't dead. There are no dead people. people. Right, right. Alive. Yeah, that's what the Undertakers are all about. No, you're exactly. not dead. Right. No, oh, that was just great satire, actually. It's just a conspiracy for human weakness. Right. I feel that's happy. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no one has actually died in 46 years, but the Undertakers <laughs> are keeping us down. <laughs> It's a lobby. They have a stranglehold so, on Congress. Where would they be if everyone knew that people weren't dying? Sorry, go on. I was just That's contemplating true. that. I think this conference <laughs> would obviously be set up by the archaeologists, the arch nemeses of the Undertaker. Right, exactly. Because That's what I'm why saying. Why do you keep right. digging people up? <laughs> it's like that scene for The Godfather 3. <laughs> they keep trying to bury to me. They keep Eventually, digging me back up. speak to you. <laughs> exactly. That's one of them will know. And then... The ruse will all be off. Yeah, these are like the perfect nature's perfect enemies. You have like an army of undertakers who are obviously led by the former WWF wrestler known as the Undertaker. Right. Against. The army of archaeologists who are obviously led by Indiana Jones. And, and they're produced by who? And then they, they go to war. Who, who produces the uh, the Undertaker side? Paul Bearer. Who produces Paul Bearer. the Undertaker? Paul Bearer. He's their big oh, support. Paul yeah. Paul Bearer, the, the manager. Right, right. Paul Bearer. Yeah. Yes, he's one of the, the head generals or something. I remember that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Jones boys on the other side for the archaeologists. The uh, the Undertakers have a bunch of uh, shovels. And, and so uh, the, the archaeologists go to them with brushes. No, I was going to say, <laughs> oh, everyone, everyone has shovels. Has shovels. Yeah. <laughs> shovels for shovels. all my men. Well, the difference is the Undertaker have like bags of lime and the archaeologists have little fans to brush away dirt. And legal disputes to like with governments. Yes, yes. It. <laughs> I think that's a good symbol that <laughs> the show has come to an end. <laughs> and they have hydrochloric acid. Okay. Yes. And giant Clearly, flamethrowers. People cannot die. This show, show has. has. So we need an Undertaker but it's appropriate to leave because we have actually reached an hour. Right we want to thank everyone for listening yet again. We hope everyone will continue to spread the word. Vote for us at Podcast Wars, iTunes. Please leave us reviews. We really appreciate your support. And if you have some comments this year, please mention us. Except if you're going to the Holocaust now, one in Bush case, please don't mention us. Of the night 
The preceding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron, or at least not the stupid London cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at MEPReport.com and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of evil plants. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. And if that's the case, then my life's a waste.